Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Purcellville, Virginia. My name is Pastor Charles Biggs, and I'm here with Pastor Ben Franks. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Pastor Ben, would you be kind enough uh, to read uh, for us and uh, the question and answer for the 26th Lord's Day or Sabbath on Holy Baptism? It's questions uh, 69, I believe, through 71. Absolutely, yeah. So Lord's Day 26, as Pastor Big says, begins with question 69, which is moving from, as we talked about in our last episode, and we'll be referencing as we work through these coming Lord's Days, just a sort of theology of the sacraments. Now it's focusing in on that first New Covenant sacrament that Christ has instituted, the sacrament of baptism. And so it asks the question in 69, how does baptism remind you and assure you that Christ, one sacrifice on the cross, is for you personally? And it answers like this. It says, in this way, Christ instituted this outward washing, and with it gave the promise that as surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, so certainly his blood and his spirit wash away my soul's impurity. In other words, all my sins. Question 70 then asks, what does it mean to be washed with Christ's blood and spirit? Answer, to be washed with Christ's blood means that God, by grace, has forgiven my sins because of Christ's blood poured out for me in his sacrifice on the cross. To be washed with Christ's spirit means that the Holy Spirit has renewed me and set me apart to be a member of Christ so that more and more I become dead to sin and increasingly live a holy and blameless life. And then finally, for this Lord's Day, question 71 asks, Where does Christ promise that we are washed with his blood and spirit as surely as we are washed with the water of baptism? Answer, in the institution of baptism, where he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This promise is repeated when Scripture calls baptism the washing of rebirth and the washing away of sins. So this is a a wonderful Lord's Day that's beginning uh, to, again, take that theology of the sacraments that we were seeing from Scripture, Old and New Testaments, and, and bring it to bear on this subject of baptism. And I want to, you know, remind people of some of what we said last time, that when we when we see a sacrament, and it's important that we do see them, they're, they're visible things that are pointing beyond themselves. They're, they're signs, and we talked about some of the illustrations of that, and even how we see that as the consistent way the Bible talks about sacraments. That's biblical language. And so that's really where question 69 is wanting us to start as we think about what baptism is doing. It has that role of, again, uh, illustrating for us, uh, assuring us, uh, confirming us in what the gospel says. So we want to begin with the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and then say, okay, Christ has given us his word and he's given us baptism both to point us to himself. So it's asking that question, well, how does baptism point you to Christ? How does it remind you and assure you that what Christ has done on the cross is for you personally. And so it talks about that sign, and it says that Christ has instituted this, again, outward washing, and with it gave the promise 
that as surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, so certainly his blood and his spirit wash away my soul's impurity. In other words, all my sins. Now we're going to talk more about what does it mean that we're washed with Christ's blood and his spirit, but I want us to notice, first of all, the relationship that exists here between you know, the sign and the thing signified, as we talked about. And and we can go back and get some help here to a passage that we talked about some last time, um, Romans chapter 4, where where Paul is trying to help New Covenant believers understand uh, the way that faith works, the way that God's promise works, and the way that that relates to sacraments. And he's working with the Old Testament sacrament or sign of, of circumcision. And he says very importantly in Romans chapter 4, verse 11, that when Abraham was was circumcised, it was a sign and seal of the righteousness that he had by faith. And that's a phrase that's worth slowing down on because it reminds us that that when we when we look at whether it's the Old Testament gift of circumcision or when we look at uh, someone being baptized in the New Covenant today, that is pointing towards something. But what is it pointing to? And I think for most American evangelicals, the kind of assumption is, Baptism is pointing to my faith. It's it, that's where the sign is directed. But Romans four says no. That's not what's going on. That these signs and seals, faith is so central and involved. It's calling for faith, or or at times illustrating a response of faith. But it's pointing ultimately to the righteousness that we have by faith. It's pointing to to the gospel that's given. You know, there's a seal there, but it's sealing a letter. That's the, the promise of the Gospels we talked about last time. Um, and so that's helpful for us to begin with to say, okay, as we look at baptism, whether it's the baptism of a new convert who's coming to Christ or of, a, of, of, a, of covenant children, as we'll talk about next time as to why we view that, but covenant children receiving that sign, that it is pointing and assuring them of the forgiveness of sins, but not because of anything in them, not because of faith that they have, or or because baptism itself is somehow the instrument. Again, sacraments are not the instruments for our faith. Faith is the instrument for our sacraments, we might say. And and so it's 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 pointing to the the promise of the gospel. It's 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 signifying and sealing for us the certainty of God's promise that it's really true. Amen. So, so if I may say, just we're accenting then the importance, as Ephesians 2 says, that uh, by grace we've been saved through faith, and that faith is a gift of God, apart from works, so no man can boast. So to remember that that faith is a gift of God, and that faith is then used as just really empty, open hands to receive the promise of yes. everything God's given to us in Christ Jesus. Yes, yes, and that's, again, why last time we talked about that language of means of grace when it comes to the sacrament, because this is one of the ways that God helps us to, 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 to know what that faith should look like and how he feeds that faith as well. And that's kind of where question 70 then begins to take us. It's, it shows us how um, baptism in verse 60, in, er, <laughs> verse, I'm doing it as well now, in question 69, um, in question 69, it's helping us to see how baptism is a fitting picture of the gospel. And I should just just mention here as well, in terms of that picturing, that there's that language, as we kind of referenced last time, with with water, that there's a, there's a, a sign of, of washing and of cleansing that takes place. And, and that happens both by Christ's blood and his spirit. The water is signifying both of these things in, in, in different ways, and we'll talk about that with question 70. But but that's worth us um, 
appreciating that what Christ is, is giving us, and the New Covenant especially, are very ordinary means, very everyday means. And I, I don't think that's by accident, because it's, it's reflecting the, the, the substance that we have and, 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 and the beauty that's there in, in the gospel. Um, but Christ is also giving us signs and seals that we can celebrate, Every day, in an ordinary way, as as God's people, we can we can celebrate the Lord's Supper each week. We can we can baptize as people are brought in. It, it's, it doesn't require elaborate temples and 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 ceremonies and rituals and all that because we have the substance in Christ. And so there's there's an aspect there. And I think additionally, he's he's drawing on everyday elements because as we encounter those elements every day, we should be reminded that Christ has used these things to signify for us. Um, the the promises of the gospel, and so, um, you know, even 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 as we are, uh, you know, maybe you are out working in the yard, and your hands are all dirty, and you know, you're washing your hands, and it should be a reminder for you that Christ has instituted the waters of baptism to signify that that same filth and and impurity and and sin that we all carry with us is washed away by the blood of Christ, is washed away by the Spirit of Christ. And, and and I think that's so important for us to think about those signs in that way. Yeah. In that same way, as we're doing our gardening, yeah. or getting our hands filthy, uh, dirty, and then we go and scrub them clean, wash them clean, um, and are refreshed as our bodies are washed every morning uh, by a hot shower, by God's grace, many times. Um, hopefully every day, but uh, often, by God's grace. Um, we remember the refreshing, and we're pointed away from ourselves to what Christ has done and what his spirit is making real in our lives. And the spirit will take that and then turn us from that picture, that sign, that that visible sign of that inward, invisible spiritual reality to see Christ in all his glory, to see and be reminded we've been washed like that spiritually. We've been washed clean and made pure before God. Yes, yes. Yeah, we want to get to that substance. Um, when I was living in England, I, I was I was rooming with a guy who was from Malaysia, and he told me about how there was this strange phenomenon of um, people who would be sort of upper middle class in Malaysia or China, places like that, and they would take these trips to Europe, and there were special tour buses for kind of upper middle class Asians, because what they would want to do is they would want to drive uh, to, you know, these great landmarks, and they would get out of the bus and stand sort of in front of the building or the sign and have their pictures taken so they could show they'd been there, and they would get back on the bus and go to the next place. And the whole point of the tour was just to sort of show, oh, I've been to these places when they, they hadn't actually entered in, you know, and it, it's sort of that picture of the, the sign is here, but you don't stop at the sign, you know, go in, experience the substance. And that's really where, where um, question 70 is then drawing us in to say, okay, as that promise is held out to you, and as you lay hold of that promise by faith, what does it mean to be washed with Christ's blood and spirit? This is what baptism is pointing us to. So what's the substance from the sign to the thing signified? And so it's going to talk about both Christ's blood and Christ's spirit here. And I think a good way of, of thinking about this is that the washing with Christ's blood is really pointing to the reality of our justification, right? It means that by God's grace, uh, by grace, Christ has forgiven my sins. God has forgiven my sins because of Christ's blood poured out for me in his sacrifice on the cross. And so there's a washing that's taking place that's really hearkening back to that, that picture that we have from the Old Testament, where if you, if you had sinned, you would go to the temple and, and you would see the priest 
spill the blood of this sacrificial animal and and he would be covered and in certain ceremonies you know you would be sprinkled and covered with the blood but that was signifying you know um, giving a picture a sign and a seal of 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 what Christ had promised to these old covenant believers that uh, God would cover the sin that they had committed just as he did Adam and Eve you know killing the animals to cover them cover their nakedness. And so all of that, that is pointing us to what we have in the substance with Christ, where that sacrifice of Christ, as Hebrews helps us to see, is is not like those old ones, just sort of pointing us to a reality. It is the reality. And so this, the, the signs and seals we have of baptism, and, and this will come out especially with the Lord's Supper, which we'll save for another uh, episode here, but that it is reminding us that we have been washed with the blood of Christ. We're covered we're covered in the blood, and therefore we're justified. We're made right with God because of what he's done on the cross. Amen. And then we have that washing with his spirit as well. And so if, if, if washing with Christ's blood is really pointing us to the reality of justification, I think, I think washed with Christ's spirit is pointing us, of course, to that sanctification. Yes. He's the one who anoints us and makes us holy, and we have that in Christ. It means that the Holy Spirit has renewed me and set me apart to be a member of Christ, so that more and more I become dead to sin and increasingly live a holy and blameless life. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And so this this sacrament, this sign and seal, is pointing us to the promise of the gospel, to the righteousness that we have by faith, and is a fitting picture for us of of part of the benefits that we have received. That in Christ, as we lay hold of Him by faith, that we are we are being washed. We're being renewed, and that that washing um, has 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 a dual aspect to it. You know, as Calvin might want to speak of it, uh, that there's a washing with Christ's blood of His justification, and a washing of Christ's Spirit in, in sanctification. This is one of the reasons why um, it, it is such a a tragedy that in so much of the Middle Ages the Church. Um, sort of underemphasized the the sanctifying aspect of this, that it really sort of, first off, removed the element of faith and sort of equated the sign and the thing signified so that being externally baptized was viewed as internally changing you. And again, it, it, it right. wasn't working with the theology of the sacraments that we talked about in our last episode, but it also only sort of had a view of washing away these sins, covered in the blood, as it were, but then that left you open to other sins. And so when you were baptized, you were viewed as sort of being made clean, but then you need to make up these other sacraments to keep yourself clean. And that's foreign to how Christ speaks of it. That's part of why, again, we, we focus ourselves on what Christ has given, because in baptism, we're not only having these past sins covered, but we are, as a person, are being covered in the blood of Christ, so that our sins, past, present, and future, are paid for and are dealt with, and we're being sanctified so that, as the Catechism talks about here, we become more and more like Christ. We die more and more to sin and live more and more to righteousness. And then question 71 is, is where we'll end uh, with this uh, 26th Lord's Day. It asks that question, where does Christ promise that we are washed with his blood and spirit as surely as we are washed with the water of baptism? And it points us to um, a really important text, um, to uh, Matthew 28, the end of, of Matthew's gospel, where Christ is is commissioning and sending out his apostles and through them his church as a whole. And he gives them, uh, as you know, Greek scholars will note, you know, he gives them 
you know, one command, there's one verb here and then three participles and that are supporting that, that are showing how you accomplish that action. And so, you know, you ask the question, well, what's the central command? And when we read it in English, we hear it this way. We say, go, that's the main command. And then, and then you're supposed to make disciples and baptize and, 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 uh, and, and, and do all of these things. But that's actually not what's going on there in the Greek, of course, is that the, the making disciples is the action. That's the call. That's the command. And we do that by going, by baptizing, and by teaching. And uh, it's so helpful to hear that because you can see how it it places as very central this command to to be baptizing. Um, We, of course, I think as American evangelicals are strong on thinking about and talking about and pursuing, you know, the going and, and as Reformed evangelicals, the teaching. But we can kind of jump over the baptizing. What, what, what's the importance of that? And yet Christ places it very centrally. And the reason why is all the things we've been talking about, because that baptizing is both a, a sign and seal of the teaching, right? It, you, you can't have the, the teaching without the sign and seal of that thing as well. The two are, are linked together. This is part of why uh, I think a, a good practice is, as we're preaching the gospel, that we go from hearing the word to then seeing the word, you know, celebrating the sacraments together because these things are, 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 are linked and they're pictures for us of the gospel that we have been privileged and commissioned to go and share with the world. And so these things are very important, very central for us as we think about baptism. Because it's interesting, my, my mind goes to Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, where we're told because of the redemption that uh, we have in Christ's blood, we have been given the Holy Spirit who is a seal until the day of our redemption, just as you're pointing out, is that uh, in the beginning uh, of, of our Christian life from regeneration, uh, the Spirit seals us and, um, and then points us away from ourselves to the completed work of Jesus Christ, uh, back to the promises of God that I'll be your God and you'll be my people, and it's through Jesus Christ, through his cross, through his blood, and then we are uh, grow in our understanding, in being baptized, in, in being made uh, disciples through baptism, through teaching, through training, through going, etc., and it's really um, the Holy Spirit, you know, who takes those things and not only makes them effectual, but continues uh, to make them real and experiential in our lives. Um, I'm remembering um, in the Old Covenant, in the time of promise, how uh, after the exile, God's people, uh, Ezekiel goes and speaks to the people and tells them that they'll have one shepherd and there'll be one flock and he'll send the good shepherd eventually um, to gather his lambs to provide And we're told that one of the great things that uh, we can look forward to is that I will be your God and you will be my people and I will take you and gather you. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And again, he says, you shall be my people and I will be your God. And we see that so much more fully uh, through the completed work of Christ, through his Holy Spirit coming and sealing us and then giving us these outward signs such as baptism to know that we've been washed 
and cleansed yeah, and purified yeah, yeah. as his people. Washed in his blood and washed by his spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you'd like to learn more, you can find resources about this and many other topics on our church website, www.catoctin.org. That's www.ketoctin.org. You can find out more about the work of Pastor Biggs as the regional home missionary of the Presbytery of the Mid-Atlantic at www.joiningtheharvest.org. If you found this episode to be useful, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. If you have questions that you would like us to answer or consider in a future episode, you can send those to us at shepherdsvoicepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we encourage you to join us for our next episode of The Shepherd's Voice.